Hello everyone, and welcome to Massage Enthusiast, the podcast series. My name is Ashley Easterbrook, and I'm a registered massage therapist who specializes in manual lymphatic drainage massage and scar tissue rehabilitation with post-operative care. If this is your first time joining us in the series, I welcome you, and I hope that the episodes here have been insightful and have been really exciting for you to learn more about massage therapy and its different applications. Thank you all for joining us again. So the topic I'd like to cover today is a more in-depth look at the lymphatic system and what purpose it serves in our body as a whole. I find the lymphatic system is one of those systems that's very underrated when we look at all the other systems in our bodies and just the amount of information that is coming to surface nowadays about its importance. And I'd like to share that a little bit more with you today. The lymphatic system is very much like an antivirus on your computer in the sense that it goes behind the scenes and makes sure that everything is running smoothly without you ever really having to know it's there unless you're sick or you're not feeling well. And usually then it's very apparent with swollen lymph nodes, with aches and pains. But apart from that, unless we have drastic amounts of swelling or trauma, the lymphatic system is a very silent caregiver for our body. The lymphatic system's role is to not only keep fluid balance in our bodies, but to also make sure that there's no accumulation of debris in between our cells with the regular cell destruction and turnover to cellular exchanges, but also, which we very much know, to make sure that if there is a bacteria or virus or something that shouldn't physically be in our bodies, that it amounts an adequate response and alerts the body and lets it know that it's there in order for our bodies to essentially break it down and to get rid of it. And it assists in that process as well. Now, I'm going to do a very brief overview and try to simplify the system down as much as I can so that you can get a good vision in your mind of what the lymphatic system would look like and how it operates. But if you are interested in reading a more in-depth and cellular view of the lymphatic system, I highly recommend the book Dr. Vodder's Manual Lymphatic Drainage. It is very in-depth and it's one of those books that is an asset to anyone who wants to learn more about manual lymphatic drainage. So when we look at the lymphatic system from a vessel and cellular structure, the best way I can break it down using a metaphor is to think of it like a tree's roots in the sense that these roots or these vessels span across our body in many various levels or layers. And they all serve the purpose to move lymph or lymphatic fluid from cellular spaces, essentially back up towards our collarbone, our subclavian vein, our terminus, back towards our heart. Now, why back towards our heart is a question that I get a lot in practice. 
And the reason is because lymphatic fluid or swelling is essentially a byproduct of plasma, an intercellular fluid, from our circulatory system and in between our cellular spaces. So every time our heart pumps, blood is exchanged in between capillaries and cellular spaces. And these capillaries, their role is to exchange nutrients, oxygen and CO2, and a lot of other things like hormones and stuff like that in those interactions. What happens in this exchange as well is plasma gets pumped through these intercellular spaces as well. And this blood plasma or fluid essentially goes in between and clears any debris from broken down or dead cells, anything that could be essentially needed to be cleared. And also at the meantime, checking to see if there are any viruses or bacteria or pathogens that shouldn't be in the system. The other thing that occurs as well from a circulatory perspective is we also have lymphocytes and immune cells that also are constantly being fed in between our intercellular spaces. There's almost a whole entire universe, if we think about it from a space point of view, of different stars and different cells and different activities that are all intermingling together in these cellular spaces. But if we're equating water and tree trunks to lymphatic fluid, aka blood plasma and intercellular fluid, we then need to sort of think about, okay, well, how do plants get their life? Well, they use their roots. The roots suck the water and the nutrients up into the tree proper, and that's how that is cultivated. But from a human body point of view, it's a little bit more extensive and a little bit more broken down in the sense that our bodies have certain lymphatic vessels and layers. So think of the top of the soil, right? In that analogy, the layers in the roots or the vessels are in what we would call our fascia, our dermis, in the top layers of our skin and our tissues. And that's spread from our head to our toe. And this helps to collect some of that fluid on the surface and helps to essentially move it around as well and to to pump it. We then also have the deeper parts of the soil, aka also the deeper vessels as well. And these ones are usually more found closer to our blood vessels. Um, These also can be found in deeper components like our digestive system uh, around our organs. And this too will also again follow the track back up to the subclavian vein and the terminus to be pumped back into the heart. So going back to lymphatic flow, how does this happen? How do these vessels essentially take in fluid? Well, again, in these very small cellular spaces, the fluid can be taken in in many various ways. Our intercellular spaces almost have little what we call filaments or little, I like to call them pool noodles, If we're thinking about it from like a water perspective, and if we think of like little pool noodles that we have on the water, what happens is when there's a change in the current, the pool noodle will then go a little bit with the current 
right? It gets pulled away a little bit. And then when the water comes back, it kind of goes back into its place. So filaments in the intracellular space are very similar. And this slight fluctuation or this slight almost like watery type movement, quote unquote, or or movements from a from a cellular cellular point of view, this can help to allow the lymph to or the plasma or intercellular fluid to essentially get passed along into the pre-collectors into the vessels through those slight movements. And then that way too, it's also controlled. So you're not having tons and tons of fluid just sent into them to overload them or to potentially put strain on them. Although again, given certain situations, there can be a lot more fluid than there is capacity. And we'll go into that too in another topic as well. So then when this lymph is then collected, it literally gets sent through the vessels. And it actually, there's been research lately that very similar to the smooth muscle that we have in our digestive system, there is actually a contractile capability in these vessels. It's a lot slower, but at the same time, it's able to very gently pump very rhythmically the fluid along these vessels gradually through its pathways back up to lymph nodes and then also then further back up to the terminus. The other ways this fluid can be essentially collected and pumped back up would be, again, the pulsing of our heart. Our heart is a giant pump that is constantly creating its own rhythm and changes in pressure and and blood circulation. So that actual residual pump can also help to transport lymphatic fluid. The things that we don't think about that also transport lymphatic fluid as well is changes in internal pressure. And what I mean by this is breathing. So taking a deep breath in changes the internal pressures in our body, puts a little bit of pressure. And then when we take a breath out, that almost causes a a vacuum motion to occur. And things that we're also very, very much reliant upon to help circulate lymphatic fluid back up is also muscle contractions or movement. This is the reason why as well, one of the best home cares to do if possible when you have forms of swelling is to keep moving as much as possible. This is also the same reason why when we're lying down, when we're not feeling well, or when we go to bed, usually that's the times we're going to feel the most swollen and also maybe the most uncomfortable. So movement is your friend as best as possible. Now, we know that it's moving now. We know that we're essentially trying to push this fluid against gravity and it has to make its way all the way back up into the heart. The reason why it needs to go back into the heart is again, if it doesn't recirculate back up, we're gonna lose that fluid volume, which the body needs to keep things in balance. But along the way, as it's going up these different trunks, as it's going up these different collectors, going through the pre-collectors and the collectors and through these different vessels, all the way up traveling back up to that source, that origin to go back into the heart, it also goes through lymph nodes. Lymph nodes is what we would commonly associate with the lymphatic system is what we hear about all the time from doctors or in the media in association with the lymphatic system. So what are lymph nodes? Lymph nodes are essentially little tiny organs, nodules, that will take the lymph 
And essentially, the best way you can think about it is kind of like going through customs. Their whole role is to screen fluid and to make sure that nothing is there that shouldn't be there. And if there is, to sound the alarm. Now, obviously, if the body has noticed that there's bacteria, viruses, pathogens, things that shouldn't be there, the lymphocytes and the different immune cells are probably also going to already be detecting this before it gets to the uh, lymph nodes. But the lymph nodes are essentially like the gates. It's ways of sort of preventing fluid from fully circulating even more throughout the body if possible, and also to try and prevent some of that fluid going back into the circulatory system where again, the heart's going to just pump that fluid to the rest of the body. So essentially, lymph nodes are a way to try and fail safe the body and protect it as much as possible in its own way. This in turn, then, if something were there that wasn't supposed to be there, could sound the alarm to our immune system even further for the body to then send even more killer cells, lymphocytes, things like that, in order to mount a full response to cause fevers, etc., etc. So And again, in a normal lymphatic system that's functioning normally, the reason why manual lymphatic drainage is so efficient and so helpful is we utilize these movements, these changes in intercellular filaments and and allowing them to sort of move and open up to assisting with the contractile capabilities of the vessels And in following those natural watershed pathways, help to move fluid more efficiently while going in succinct conjunction with what the lymphatic system is already doing at a cellular level. Now, again, that's a very broad overview of the different cells and the different uh, names of the veins and vessels of the lymphatic system and how it's broken down in our body and some of the cellular exchanges that occur. In the next episode, what I'd like to cover is why we would need a lymphatic massage when it comes to this system. We think, oh, well, okay, if the lymphatic system is doing all of these wonderful things, then why would I need to get a lymphatic drainage massage? And the thing is, is again, situations change. If we think about it like a giant rainstorm and the drainage pathways we have in our city, like our sewer system, under normal circumstances, the sewer system can drain water off of the road under normal rain flow. But let's say all of a sudden we get tons of rain. The drains can't take that. It would backflow. It's too much for the system to handle. And so this is too also true in the lymphatic system in the sense that sometimes there are situations like traumas and injuries that there's just so much fluid and not enough support to essentially drain that under normal circumstances. So that's what manual lymphatic drainage would do. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that it was informative and please feel free to add any comments to ask questions. If there's something that wasn't clear and you'd like me to go into more detail, I would be more than happy to do that. Thank you so much again for tuning in to this series, and I look forward to chatting with you all later next week.